Hey team of Eternal Optimists, it's Matt Rincon here. And before we launch into today's epic conversation, I've got a big announcement. Drum roll, please. My brand new book is coming out on March 8th. And perhaps even better news, you can get it for only 99 cents on Amazon that day. We don't run ads on the show. And if you ever want to give back and support the Eternal Optimist community, go to Amazon on March 8th and get the Kindle version for only 99 cents. Just search for the book title, The Eternal Optimist. It's never too late. And you can download it directly to your device. Now, let's get to the show. And it is time for the next episode of the Eternal Optimist podcast. We have on the show, very important VIP guest today by the name of Mr. Matt Gouget. Matt, how are you today, my friend? I am doing amazing, Matt. It's great to talk to you. Getting around other people with high energy fills me up, man. So just fill me up. Okay, well, then I'm going to fill you up right now, and this is a big pivot. I am holding in my hand a fire extinguisher. Literally, on the last call I was on, right before this, the fire alarm starts going off in my house. And because I am OCD and really tried to prepare for everything, I've got five of these things around the house all over the place. So every two rooms, there is something that I can grab to, to put a fire out. So I run around, and there's no fire. And then I sat down at this computer here to do this interview, and I realized the fire is on the other side of the camera. It's Matt Gouget. Yeah, I just pull all that together. That is a real story. I just made up the fire part for you. So, Matt, it is great to see you. I'm super adrenalized right now for the fire and for you. So let's tell the audience what are three things about you it's important that they should know to kick us off. Three things about me that are important to know. Mortgage broker by trade. I'm a fellow eternal optimist and a proponent of getting better every day. That's my podcast. And I'm a family man. And I do believe, I have this conversation a lot, that you can have a high level of success in multiple things, in business, in your health, and with your family. And so maybe we'll talk about that a little bit today. Maybe we'll talk about other stuff like struggles I've been through. But nonetheless, when you ask me about me, the podcast, my mortgage business, and my family in reverse order with family being up top is what comes to mind. Awesome. Let's let's talk about all those things today. Let's start off by saying I am a fan of your podcast. Just the name in itself, for any of our listeners, I know you're going to gravitate towards it. Get better every day. Uh, that's only like a good podcast for a recovering perfectionist. So I love that. Let's talk about the podcast first. So why did you choose to have that as your name? And why did you start a podcast in the first place? Well, About 10 years ago, right when I started in mortgage, I started on this journey, if you will, of self-development. I was listening to a bunch of Jim Rohn and was going to conferences and just getting around people that were working on themselves, getting better. And I was certainly in that mode. We'll probably talk about some struggles I had in 2011 and overcoming addiction. So knowing The journey that I've been on for the last decade and how fulfilling it is to get better every day and see yourself level up in a bunch of different areas, it's a passion of mine. And if I can give just an ounce of that to somebody else, that would be something that, you know, when you think about legacy, you think about what you left behind, having an impact on another human being, that's the goal of Get Better Every Day, that somebody somewhere is going to listen to an episode They're going to be inspired. They're going to stop in their tracks. Maybe a direction that they're headed in is not the best one. And they're going to make one step in the right direction by something I said or a guest said or a conversation. And I know how powerful that is 
because I know in 2011, I took step number one in what has been a glorious transition for me in my life, not only in clarity of purpose, but health and business and all the good things that come from overcoming something really difficult. What I'm really connecting with here is the idea that you started on that self-growth, self-improvement journey. You said the words legacy and impact. I love that. So it feels that wherever the ship is going right now, it's going in this amazing direction. As you just said, let's go back to 2011. Let's talk about addiction. Let's start with what were you addicted to and just how did you come to that conclusion that that you were addicted to something? Well, for a lot of people, substance of any kind, alcohol, drugs, you get started and the start to the problem is muddy water. You don't realize how bad it is until it's usually too late. So when I think about my life, I think about being a 13-year-old kid with little direction. I probably wasn't the only 13-year-old that tried alcohol, that tried smoking weed. But I definitely can see in retrospect, being 43 years old now, three decades later, that I used it as self-medication to kind of escape what was not an ideal home life. And I don't ever want to throw my parents under the bus or blame them. They were young parents and whatnot. But that path I chose at 13 was the wrong path. I know that now. Didn't know it then. From 13 to probably 30, quite honestly, you'd call me a functioning addict. At age 30, managing a poker room, having access to the latest and greatest there is in forms of illicit drugs. I got on a really steep downhill decline. And in 2011, January through October, that slippery slope was really, really slippery. So slippery that the title of my book, if I decide to write it, would be dead in my driveway. Because that's where I found myself in October of 2011. Just so happens that as we're recording this in October of 23, we're coming up on a very important date for me rather than calling it my clean day or, you know, it's just healthy choice day. With two young boys, I'm not necessarily going to talk to them about Oxycontin and the details of it. Because honestly, Matt, the details part isn't important because there's a lot of people that struggle with a lot of different things. It could be alcohol, it could be painkillers, it could be heroin, it could be meth, whatever it is. When it has a hold of you, And this is where sharing my story I know helps. That's why I don't mind doing it. When I talk to people and they're like, oh my gosh, not you. I see you. Successful business. Great family life. Not you, Matt. Here's the thing. Really good people can make bad decisions. Really good people can get themselves caught up to where this stuff is powerful and it has a hold of you. It tells your mind crazy things. So October of 2011... I'll be eternally grateful to my lovely wife, Katrina. She basically confronted me after some people who I worked alongside came to her, rightfully so. There was a meeting behind my back where they were like, Matt's in trouble. He's spiraling out of control. This is going to kill him. And the consensus among the group was like, if he's going to change, we have to get his wife, Katrina, involved. We have to get her on board. That's honestly all it took. And then she came home and said, we got to go for a drive. And I'm telling you, Matt, I was in such a deep, dark place where I hated myself. I hated what I was doing. I had a two-year-old son. I was trying to stop and I couldn't. I didn't want to tell anybody my nasty secret because I was ashamed of it. The second we got in the car, I knew what this was about. 
And I was so relieved. I didn't have to hold in the secret anymore. It was out. And she said, it's over. And I got emotional like I'm getting now because I was relieved. It was over. I was done. I wanted to get clean. I wanted to stop what I was doing. I wanted to stop hiding pills on shelves in the house and hiding stuff under my seat in my truck and selling something to buy something different. Like it was exhausting. It was killing me physically. It was killing me mentally. My beautiful wife was there. I didn't go to a rehab center. I was at home and for the amount of Oxycontin that I was ingesting, I was essentially coming off of heroin. The same effects, right? It's synthetic heroin. Curled up in a corner, sweating, shitting myself. It was nasty and not easy. So I have a lot of empathy for people and I've got friends who work in rehab centers. I had the best nurse, the best rehab center that there ever is, a loving home with a wife. We've got a song that she sent to me via text when I'm curled up in the bedroom trying to just will myself to get through a few days because there's some stuff in rehab like one day at a time. The song that she sent me, I still cannot listen to it without getting super emotional, but I will stand by you. I think it's a Rascal Flat song. I'll mess up the lyrics and you definitely don't want to hear me sing, but that was what it took. Somebody who cared honestly more about my health and well-being in my life in the moment than I did because I was done. Like I've shared honest stories about that time in my life. Beautiful, loving wife, two-year-old son, my first son. And being a dad is like the most gratifying thing in the world. I wanted to disappear and end it and rid my family of this toxin that I was in their life, in my own life. So that's the starting point for me is October of 2011, where I knew I'm more clear about it now than I was then, but I even knew from the beginning, the biggest repayment to my wife who cared about me more than I care about myself was to live up to being the greatest version of myself. As a husband, as a father, as a business owner, that's the comeback story. That's, that's what honestly gets me excited, Matt, is thinking about being buried, being mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally broken and dead and coming back to life. And now in a position, hopefully, where the story inspires somebody. No matter how dark it is, no matter how crappy it is, you can use that as a starting point, take a step in the right direction. What I've built so far, as far as family dynamic and love and business and wealth, to me is, again, just the starting point. There's so much left to be done. And with clear eyes and a full heart, it's game on, buddy. Well, Matt, thank you for gifting us with that story. And I don't think I could have cried talking to another man 10 years ago because I was taught you don't show emotions. You don't grow up that way. You keep it in. You suck it up. And now you've brought a tear to my eye. and You've warmed the heart of all of our listeners. And just thank you for sharing your real story because it's important that other people can hear. And we've underscored how successful and how great Matt is today at what he does in business. And you wonder how people get there. Oh, it's really easy for this person because he's got it. Oh, he duck under the water. I guarantee you Matt's going a hundred miles, a million miles an hour right now. And he projects super cool calm. Did you just hear that backstory? That origin story? That is what all of us, every single person listening to this has some version of that in their own way. And just thank you, Matt, for sharing that. I wrote down this as inspiration for me. The biggest repayment was to live up to the greatest version of myself. 
And I love that. And for anyone out there listening, that is truly it. When you say your family matters most, when you say your spouse matters most, your people matter most, I genuinely believe that is the greatest way that we can serve them is to be the best us we can possibly be, period. So thank you for sharing that, for bringing some emotion, some real to it. Man, this is awesome. Just so refreshing that you can be so real. On this journey from Healthy Choice Day in October 2011, 12 years ago until today, what's another challenge you've experienced? You've talked about addiction. What's a challenge you might have faced? You said a couple of things earlier that are really important to you. You mentioned your family, your health, your business. So let's talk about your business for a second. What is some challenge that you faced in business in the past decade that you can share with this map? Yeah, I think that for anybody in real estate and mortgage, 2023 is a challenge. But before this current challenge, I want to go back to my 2014 challenge because I think that it's led me to be stronger in facing the headwinds I'm facing in 2023. So in 2014, I was working for the state of California. I had left the card room. I knew that the influences and kind of the surroundings were not for me, especially considering some of the bad decisions I had made there. Great, great people that I love there. But I was working for the state and I've got a finance degree. I'm a math nerd. And I was miserable being inside of an office setting and having to reconcile different financial records. I am not the type of guy that wants to be behind a computer, not interacting with other human beings. So in 2014, conversations with the wife about, hey, I got a buddy who I was talking to who's in mortgage. And he says that he thinks my skill set might translate. You know, I'm good with people. I know math. I'm willing to work hard, which that's been in me since I was a kid. I'm thinking about doing it. And so my wife, like, that sounds cool. What's the pay? Well, it's 100% commission. When you start, (laughs) you're not going to necessarily get a commission check. So June of 2013, as I'm making this decision to start mortgage in 2014, I remember those conversations. Those conversations led to like, how miserable are you really sitting inside this office? Really, really miserable. And the loving, supporting wife that my lovely wife Katrina is, just quit, quit. That was a burn the boats moment where I'm going from that to 100% commission. By that time, we've had son number two. My son, Ethan, was born in 2013. So now we've got two kids, a mortgage. My wife's doing the hard work, which is CEO of the house, taking care of the boys and all their needs and all that. And so I'm the sole sole (laughs) income. So when I think about challenges in the mortgage market, and I have loan officers come to me in 2023, the market's challenging. People are buying less than they were a few years ago, and the interest rates are higher, and affordability is an issue. What about the challenge of being brand new? What about the challenge of being the sole income? What about the challenge of the things that I went through in the beginning? Like, I'm built for this. I've already done this once. I've already worked really hard to get that ball rolling to where... Even if the ball's rolling slower in 2023, I know how to run and push this ball harder. So February 1st of 2014 was when I got the mortgage license and started. And I tell people who are newer today or are struggling today, it takes what it takes. And in 2014, I'm not telling somebody to do something I didn't do. And quite honestly, something that I'm not still doing today. In 2014, I went to two or three networking meetings a week. I made dozens of phone calls every single week. 
I walked through open houses every single week. I consistently showed up. So like when you look at production in mortgage, I was able to look back on those years, 14, 15, 16, 17. I doubled the amount of business I did consistently every year. 2014, 14 to 15 was a double. 15 to 16 was a double. 16 to 17, I don't know if it's quite a double, but it's relatively easy to predict outcome when you're in control and honest about the input. Mortgage coaching clients that we have internally at UMortgage, we track the input. And if you're making the phone calls, you're breaking bread, you're meeting face-to-face, you're posting on social media, you're doing the things that build relationship conversations that lead to referrals and clients, I promise you, when you flip it and look at outcomes, credit pools, applications, funded loans, there's a correlation. And I think that it was an Alex Hormozzi podcast that I was listening to this morning where he was talking about the work and the result is for everybody. He even related to a point in his life where he didn't feel like he deserved the outcome that he got, but he knew he could get it if the work was done up front. I'm a big fan of watching him too. I have his books and like listen to some of his shows I've, I've seen him on. So I'm totally with you. I think our audience is with you too, talking about Hormozzi and, and this concept. Yeah, he's a pretty smart business guy. That guy's pretty smart as me being sarcastic. The guy's the genius. Well, you said he's pretty smart and you're talking about him. I go back to what you said. I think what you said is pretty darn brilliant. You said predict your output based on your input, which causes me to ask the question of, you know, what is your output to anyone listening? What is your output? And what is the input that might be required to get the desired output? And it does come back to simple metric. Can you figure out the recipe? And you figure out the recipe, 14, 15, 16 to 17, doubling, 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 just being consistent. Is this a core value for you or or why is this consistency something that you keep showing up with, Matt? Because it seems like this is a staple for Matt Gouget. Yeah, you know what? I've always taken a lot of pride in having work ethic and being a hard worker because you touched on it earlier. You were talking about success and people look at it and they're like, oh, the guy must add a silver spoon, must add a leg up. Like I left my house at 16. My dad loaded furniture and trucks and then drove big rigs for a living. It wasn't glamorous. Hamburger helper was a nightly thing. Then my mom started working at Sizzler. And so we got free Sizzler. We drive to wherever Sizzler she was at for free Sizzler. But the work ethic piece, I credit my dad and I love my pop. He lives about a mile from me now and I get to see him quite a bit and uh, great grandpa. So shout out to Randy Gouget. From a young age, I got to see consistency. You want to talk about consistency, Matt? My dad when he drove a truck for J.C. Penney's in Sacramento, went 17 years, never missed a day of work. For those who are like, oh my gosh, like you never got sick, nothing ever happened. When you drive a big rig, you're on your own. You can be sick and still go to work. There's not somebody in a cubicle next to you that's going to get sick. So if you're working a job with more people, you should probably take a sick day because you don't want to get other sick. For my dad, he was supposed to be to the warehouse by 345, get that big rig on the road by 4 a.m., He was there every single day for 17 years. He also took pride in the fact that like he never got in an accident and never got a ticket. And I think it ended up being like 1.2 or so million miles. So he drove 1.2 million miles, never missed a day of work, never got a ticket, never got in an accident. He wasn't a Fortune 500 CEO. I think that's another lesson for people. It's like you can do great and you can do your very best at whatever you do. You can be the best janitor in the whole school district and take pride in the fact that, you know what, 
Your school is the cleanest. Your school is the most taken care of. No matter what you do, that's what I'm trying to instill in my boys, honestly, is like how you do something is how you do everything. I don't know where I heard that, but I believe it. If you show up and you give half effort on something, what does that tell me about you, how you show up everywhere? If I show up, Matt, my 43-year-old self to a CrossFit class, I'm trying to beat the 25-year-olds. I'm probably not going to, but rest assured I'm giving it full effort. Same goes for my business. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you say how you do everything is how you do anything and, and vice versa completely agree. I have a little different philosophy though when I show up to the gym or when I show up to the Charlotte Marathon in three weeks at 46, my first marathon, my goal is simply to finish. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the participation trophy in this. When it comes to business, however, there are certain benchmarks and milestones. It doesn't matter what business you're in, the business of a custodian, the business of driving a truck, the business of mortgage, coaching, real estate, you name it, any business, do the best you can. Take pride in what you do. I love what you're saying. I couldn't agree more. The core essence of what I'm feeling right now and hearing, and by the way, mad respect to your pops for being that consistent over the course of the years. I don't hear a man making a lot of excuses right there. He's showing up. (laughs) He's owning it. He's showing up. I love and appreciate that. And I'm not going to cry here, but you said something. I might cry. You said earlier that you might get emotional when you hear the song, I Will Stand By You. Well, you just connect the dots for me. I might get emotional if you play the Cat Stevens song, The Cats in the Cradle, The Silver Spoon, because that is what I saw growing up as well, is dad worked his butt off and I saw him on the weekends. I didn't see him a whole lot during the week because he was always working. That is what I am fighting with my legacy and impact my family to be more present with them. How does your family and your family legacy and impact How does that show up for you? Because you're honoring your father right now. And I know you said family is the most important thing to you. So can you talk a little bit about your family and how you're showing up and and how you want to show up for them? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I love this topic and this conversation because I remember in 2021, made the transition to you mortgage as a founding partner. And I think that it would be fair for me to say that Anthony Casa, CEO and founder of you mortgage, multiple times commended me on not just like, hey, Matt, you're a $100 million mortgage producer. That's a big mountain. He saw the family stuff. And I think that he loved and appreciated that as much as he loved the mortgage production and said, this is somebody who aligns with our culture, somebody I want to bring on board, somebody who I want to bring in to help others find some sense of balance, which the balance is BS. I agree with that side, but I also agree with the side that says you can have it all. And the way that I think about it and the way that I coach myself on this is when I'm performing my very best in the office and I'm doing my best work with the real estate agents I serve, the clients I serve, fellow loan originators that I coach, my internal team, I do my very best work and I'm the most efficient when the two lead dominoes in my life are in a good place. And those two lead dominoes are my family and my health. If my wife and I are doing a great job connecting and parenting and our household is just buzzing and happy and that is all in alignment and also I'm getting myself to the gym and I'm sweating and I feel healthy and alive, if those two lead dominoes are taken care of, I show up the best version of myself to a client call where I'm trying to talk through the best loan structure for them. 
to a real estate agent call where I'm saying, hey, listen, I really appreciate this partnership. I have some insight into what we can do to increase your real estate business in 2024 by 25%. Let me dig into that with you and help you. So by taking care of family and health first, that's how I am an efficient operator of a mortgage business. That's how I show up my best self in business. And to be quite honest, there's a bunch of hustle culture and all this stuff out there. A 15-hour day that's 50% productivity is useless. I feel like I can work an eight-hour or a seven-hour workday and be extremely efficient. Our mutual buddy, Scott Groves, and I had a conversation. He likes to indulge in cigars. I'm not a cigar guy, but on a Sunday, planning the week so that the week is super efficient. I'm a big believer in that too. So I plan my week and I truly believe 40 or 50 hours of focused work, intentional work is going to outperform somebody who just says, hey, listen, I came in the office at 8 a.m. I left at 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and I worked 13 hours times six days a week. I am hustling. Well, the good news is I was more productive than you with the 45 hours I worked in those same six days. And I also made it to all the basketball games on Saturday with the kiddos. I also was cooking dinner on Friday night and had a cook-off with my 10-year-old where his burgers won for the third time in a row, right? What? Yeah. He's got a special recipe. He won't tell me, but we ever do a burger cook-off. Ethan's the man. He's the grill master of the house. So I'm a believer that you can have it all. And sometimes here's where the other side of the argument is made. And I agree with it as well. Sometimes, and quite honestly, current time, 2023 for real estate and mortgage, you might have to lean in, but you can lean into the business and say, honey, things aren't as good as they were in 2021. I'm going to take four hours on Saturday to pop into open houses and create some new relationships to get some more business. And then on Sunday night, I really got to hunker down between six and 10 and plan my week for the next week. But then you fill in around that. And yeah, Tuesday, Thursday, Scott Groves is going to be at jujitsu with his son and his daughter. Tuesday, Thursday, like he's off at four. He's doing jujitsu. And you create those boundaries and you create it to where you can have it all. It's not easy. And sometimes you get out of alignment, but I think some people use it as an excuse to underperform to their potential. Family's my first party right now. Well, it's mine too. Part of the way I serve my family is by showing up in business and being successful and productive and allowing us to take vacations we want and do those things we want while not sacrificing the things that we're committed to in our marriage and being parents as well. So it's possible, man. It's easier said than done, but I'm telling you, it's one of the things, if you talk about getting better every day, I think about this a lot and I focus on it a lot because that's what it takes to get better every day at something is focus. If you're trying to lose weight, but you never think about what you're eating or how often you're getting to the gym, probably not going to do very good. If you're trying to be a better husband, but you never think about like, hey, what could I do that could bring us closer, that could connect us? So focus is a big part of getting better, no matter what it is. Yes. I love where you're going with this. There's really two places I want to take us next. You mentioned the family and the health or the lead dominoes. And there's a lot of people listening right now. Probably they put a lot of energy into doing their job. And their intention is, I want to be in health. I want to exercise. I want to eat right. The intention is, I want to spend time with the family. I want to be a good parent. And that's very challenging for them. So I'm curious how, by the way, I heard you say math nerd earlier. So I'm also identified as math nerd. So I'm curious, when you say you plan your week out, 
you plan out like a 35 or 40 or 50 hour focused week. What does that planning time look like for you, Matt? Curious what that might look or feel like. Yeah, Sunday night usually. And sometimes it's not even necessarily like a structured rhythm with the family. But generally speaking, once we've had dinner as a family and the boys are doing homework or doing something else, there's a little bit of do what you want time. And for me, I love to sit in front of my home computer and look at my week. There's a bunch of stuff already planned. When I talk to mortgage advisors, but really this applies to anybody in any business, you want to be playing offense. Just showing up on Monday and be like, I wonder who's going to call. Or I wonder like what is going to spark me to maybe think about calling Doug today or checking in with this client or that client. Plan it so that you can be super strategic and offensive because in business, you're most effective, in my opinion, when you're playing offense, looking at emails and figuring out how to react, looking at text messages or taking phone calls and just playing reaction all day. That is not going to be nearly as effective to move your business forward as between nine and nine 30. I'm going to call real estate agents who I know were out submitting offers this weekend, touch base with them. Hey, I saw the offer. I called the listing agent. Here's what they said. I didn't see an offer. Are they thinking about maybe not right now? Like, And then 9.30 to 10, I'm going to record two long form videos. 10 to 10.30, I'm going to, you know, it could be anything in any business, but it's intentional is the point because I know everybody can relate, Matt, to a day in their office life when hours went by and they don't know what happened. Oh, well, I was talking to somebody around the water cooler and then they showed me this funny thing on Instagram. And so I watched that and then it took me to a funny TikTok and that reminded me of something I wanted to do. And so I searched on Amazon for something I was trying to buy. Like that's not productive. If you have structure in your week, you can't get off base. Sunday for a couple hours, it's looking at my week ahead, not just for business though, but for family stuff. I've got two calendars. They have to be in alignment because there might be a night where there's Boy Scouts. Ryan's got to get to basketball practice. Ethan's got to get to fall ball baseball. So we're constantly as parents of active boys coordinating all that stuff, which honestly is fun. That's really fun phase of life is going to the Salvation Army basketball game and going to AAU basketball games and fall ball and excited about a camping trip this weekend with the Boy Scouts. I'm curious, are your boys in sports, do they play offense in sports or are they defense? Is this like right in the family? Everyone thinks play offense because I love to play offense too. I played offense in every sport I ever played. I never played defense. I was always offense. So I'm curious, does that translate to them? Are they interested in offense? You know what's funny is the number one sport for both my boys right now is basketball. And quite honestly, while basketball is one of those sports where you're forced to play both, if you asked them individually, I think they both would talk about how good their defense is because they both have stellar defense, which in my opinion is a reflection of effort, which I love. Another nugget that I pulled out of a Hormozy podcast that I listened to was him and Ed Milet talking about measuring yourself, not on the outcome, but on your effort. You can lose a basketball game by 40 points and have gone all out and given an A-plus effort. And in that case, good, well done, Ryan. Those kids were 15 and they were the JV team and you guys are all 14. You still showed up and you played your very best. And on the opposite side of that, like in business or in life or anything else, you can have a win where it didn't take a lot of effort and you shouldn't be praised for it. Something that I feel like I'm pretty self-aware, things I do good, things I do bad, but that awareness for me is like, I know when I gave full effort or I didn't in all areas. 
And I can say, you know what? I had a productive day or I didn't. And on that note, I love tracking metrics and being the math nerd like we talked about. The numbers don't lie. You can try to say like, well, I had a really productive day. Well, let's take a look at and see how many. Check the scoreboard, baby. That's yeah. right. How many, right. how many phone calls did you make? How many face-to-faces did you have? How many? Uh... Stop. To be on the rabbit hole here, man. I, I want to ask any person that I'm coaching who's giving me some feedback of what their week looked like, what their month looked like. Just show me the results. Show me the metrics. How many calls? How many appointments did you set? How many did you see? What's the pipeline? Every step. Show me that. Show me the consistency over time. I, I love what you're saying here. And to build on that, I love that you structured offense for family life. You structured offense for business stuff. You structured offense for your health. I mean, and consistency is a foundational platform. All amazing stuff, man. I love all of this. Measure yourself on effort. These are all great nuggets. We didn't get a chance for me to ask you about you mortgage and your company. Can you talk a little bit about your company before we move to share all your websites, all your social, just a little bit about your company, where you guys are and a little bit about Yeah, that. so I joined you mortgage in 2021. And although I love to say founding partner, I can't take credit for what Anthony Casa had built before my arrival. Founded in 2020 by Anthony Casa. I joined in 21 relatively early. Here in 2023, it still feels like a startup. But to give you some context, Nationwide Mortgage Company, we operate as a broker with a lot of the structure and support that you generally find in a retail lender. So we've got optionality and thin margins and all the great things where people like mortgage brokers are the best place to get a loan. Agreed. But what we've done a little bit different is created all the structure, IT, marketing, all the support, coaching now that a lot of people in retail lending have really enjoyed. So it's a little bit of a model that's got a little bit best of both worlds. In 2021, I joined, I was probably loan officer 11 or 12. And now here in 2023, 300 plus loan officers, a few hundred people on the operation side. And wow, wow. Probably third or fourth in volume nationwide this early. And our year over year and quarter over quarter growth, there's nobody even close. For anybody who follows mortgage or any of that, to do the billion we did in 22 and the two and a half or so billion that we'll do in 23 is quite an accomplishment. I'm proud of it. I'm not going to be shy about saying like, we are a growing mortgage company in a market that generally speaking is shrinking. So that's really exciting. And honestly, as much as I talk about get better every day and trying to empower and inspire somebody, at U Mortgage, we've got level up coaching where as a coach to loan officers, I love pouring into loan officers. Loan officers just get to participate in this level up coaching. As a coach yourself, I know you believe in coaching. There is nothing that I believe more strongly in in business than like coaching and mentorship matters. Like me and Scott had this conversation too. I've been in Scott's coaching group for five years. When we started our coaching, it wasn't like take that one away. It's like this and this and personal wealth building coach that I've had for five or six years too. Like I'm involved in three different coaching programs. I couldn't be a better endorsement for like on your journey. There's no better investment for anybody than investing in yourself. And when you hire somebody to coach you or when you enter a coaching program, that's an investment in yourself. There's no ROI out there. There's no social media, paid advertising. There's no anything that will pay off a higher ROI than becoming a better version of yourself. So I went off on a tangent there. Didn't even mean to, but I get passionate about that stuff because I believe in it. So yeah, you mortgage, thriving mortgage company, we're crushing it. 
I'm really excited about that. I'm equally excited about the Get Better Every Day podcast, which is just a passion project. I had one of my mentors ask me like, what's the plan? Are you trying to monetize? Are you trying to bring business to your mortgage company through Get Better Every Day? Or is it just something that you enjoy? Door number three, I just enjoy it. I'm going to save all the videos when I'm 77 and retired somewhere or or traveling around. Like I'm going to look back on old podcast (laughs) episodes with Matt D and, you know, all these other great people that I've got the chance to talk with and network with. We're just having fun, man. I think that's something too. Two things I want to bring up before I forget. As we talk, I could imagine a listener getting the feeling that I've got it figured out. So I want to set the record straight. I'm nowhere near. Every single day, I'm identifying things that I'm doing wrong, I got to get better at, and I drop the ball. I could sit on a podcast and talk about getting into the gym, and that's the lead domino. There's a week where I'm going to fall off. I know it. It's happened before. It'll happen again. But then, hopefully, I've got myself reminding me, hey, Matt, get back on track. When you take care of yourself and your health, you show up better for your family. And oh, by the way, when you show up great for your family, it translates you're a better business person when you're operating in the business world. And so I don't want anyone to think that any one of us has it figured out. But I do know that having some focus on getting better every day certainly helps. Awesome. Awesome. How do we find you out there? Social media handles? Where's the place to go? Most socials, Matt, the mortgage guy. So Matt, the mortgage guy on YouTube, Matt, the mortgage guy on TikTok, Matt, the mortgage guy, UM for you mortgage is the Instagram handle. The Get Better Everyday podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I actually started uploading the videos to a YouTube channel, which is probably hard to find, but no worries. That's more of just a legacy spot for me. I'll post clips to the YouTube videos and maybe someday I'll have this big library of a thousand cool interviews with cool people doing cool things. Yes. And yeah, you're in there, buddy. You're in there. I just followed you off my Instagram account. So yeah, it's good. Cool. Cool. You got a lot of followers. Man, this is growing. Yeah. There's some people out there that like the story that I'm spinning, which is it's in any of us. And I didn't touch on the silver spoon aspect, but I talked about hamburger helper and sizzler and leave my house when I was 16. That to me was part of the superpower. I'm willing to work hard and I don't need perfect conditions. And so when you go out as an entrepreneur or in most businesses, that's the secret sauce. Bless somebody who's got a degree from Stanford. They worked hard for it. And so good for them. Bless somebody who grew up privileged in private schools and all that stuff. Good for you. And maybe Pops gave you a job as big company. For most of us, how you show up and how hard you work is going to determine what opportunities come out. I remember Gary V getting fired up about somebody mentioning the word luck. I feel the same way, right? Somebody's like, oh, lucky you, man. Mortgage lucky. in 2021. You just you just show up and $100 million in mortgage production appears. Like I talked about in 2014, two or three networking meetings a week. Open houses every single weekend. In the office, eight to 10 hours a day. Two young kids at home and I was still trying to balance and, and show up there as well. So like when the pay showed up in 2020 and 21 from years of hard work when production was doubling every year. And so we upgraded from Tundra to Acura, then Acura to Range Rover. It wasn't by accident and it wasn't luck. I can promise you that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. 
Dude, I'm so fired up right now just talking to you. I want to go sell some mortgages too. Let's do it, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) This is fired up. Dan, what an amazing day that you have gifted us and a great listen. I cannot wait for all of our listeners to hear this. And as we start to move to wrap up, you know where to find Matt. Go and follow on Instagram. Are you, you're on LinkedIn too? Yeah, LinkedIn, Matt Gouget. Yeah, it's funny. As much as the Matt the Mortgage Guy branding has really taken over, the kids from the Little League or my kids' elementary school, they're like, Gouget. Oh, I didn't realize you had a last name. I thought it was just Matt the Mortgage Guy. Yeah. Well, you're well-branded because I can see you in a number of places and it's all well-represented. I mean, all of this is really nice stuff. So I follow Matt. You just heard a real authentic story, the real story of Matt Gouget, if he's a duck, he's going 100 miles an hour under the water for his family, for his health, for his clients, his business. So follow him. And Matt, we've reached the conclusion of our show here. It's time for the ding, 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 the lightning round. So I got a couple questions for you just to to hammer home. I'm going to challenge if you have any perfectionism about you to do your best to corral this first answer down. So I'm going to ask you, what is one to three books that have had a great impact on you in your life? One to three books have impacted you, sir. Okay. That's a good one. Can't Hurt Me, David Goggins. I listened to that audiobook four times in 2021 while I was training for my first marathon, which I know you mentioned first marathon. So like awesome. if if David Goggins doesn't fire you up to get through mile 21 to 22, I don't, I don't know what's going to. Heck yeah, baby. What if? What if I just kept going past my body telling me not to and see what happens? What if? I love Goggins. What was that like for you, by the way, your first marathon? What was your body feeling like when you finished it? What was that sense you got when it was done? Anything there that might connect with you? As you can imagine, I'm a guy who doesn't mind getting emotional, especially when I think about where I came from, that 2011 moment we talked about. Crossing that finish line and seeing my wife and my boys was, oh my gosh, man. It was amazing. And you know what? You know what is kind of a lesson for people? The fact that it was as hard as it was, I'm 215 pounds. I'm not really a runner, but I trained. I ran 880 miles in 2021. So mile 20 and 21, where it was calf cramp and hamstring and quad, like I had trained, but 26 miles, it's a long friggin' way. So the fact that I felt as shitty as I did, in miles 21 through 24, 25, to push through it and to see my boys and my wife at the end was amazing. I can picture it in my head, to be honest. It was about two years ago, December of 21, and they found a spot towards the finish line, the CIM that's that's run in Sacramento. And the cool part is the guy who runs the basketball program for my kiddos, Buzzard Ball, Steve Buzzard, great human being, was the DJ announcing people. It's like, Matt Gouget, my time was five hours or something. Matt, the mortgage guy, coming across the finish line. And uh, to the three human beings that matter the most to me, was a really special feeling. Man, thank you. Thank you for that gift. I'm sorry to interrupt. I wanted to hear that nugget. Back to the books. Can't Hurt Me with Goggins is one of them. Maybe one or two more that have served you in some way. One that comes to mind is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. The more life I live, and I think that a lot of people can relate to like, my 43-year-old perspective is different than it was when I was 25 years old. The power in the fact that I'm responsible for good, bad, and for everything and taking extreme ownership over as much as you possibly can in your life, that book is an amazing one. So that's another one that comes to mind. Fantastic. Thank you. You've already shared with us a song that has meant something to you and inspired you. I'd love to go to the last question. The name of this show is the Eternal Optimist Podcast. When I say the words eternal optimist, what does that mean to you, Matt? 
eternal optimist to me means that regardless of circumstance or surroundings, there's a lot to be grateful for. And I walked outside the other day, my mother-in-law, who's an important person in my life and a great grandmother to my kids, she fell and she broke her humerus and so she's in the hospital. So my wife stressed out and the mortgage business, I've got people that are coming to me for advice and they're struggling. And I've got real estate agents that are like, they don't know how they're going to survive. Like all this chaos going on around me. I walked outside and it was 74 degrees and it was beautiful. And I just told myself, man, no matter what, I'm alive. The sun is out. I'm not going to make as much in 2023 than I made in 21 or 22. It's all good. Things are okay. And I think that for me, optimism is born from gratitude. And when people are like, Matt, you're an optimistic dude, man, you're like super positive all the time. I was dead in my driveway in 2011. How can I not be positive? How can I not be optimistic? Everything is an improvement from where I was at in October of 2011. Everything, the good, the bad, the angry client, the stubbed toe, the cracked windshield, all of it is an improvement from where I was at. So I'm going to continue to live my life, quite honestly, with eternal optimism. I'm going to be positive. Sometimes it rubs people the wrong way. How could you? This is going wrong. That's going wrong. It's how I choose to view things. And I think that others hopefully can see that not only is it beneficial to your mental health and well-being, but it's contagious. 